to Just Another True Crime Podcast. We're your hosts, Natasha. And Alan. And today we're going to be talking about the Robison family murders. But before we do that, let's get into our suggestions for the week. My suggestion for the week is going to be a movie called A Simple Favor, starring Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. It's basically a dark comedy movie about a mommy vlogger played by Anna Kendrick, who befriends Blake Lively, who is a fashion PR person. And they kind of have a weird friendship. And then Blake Lively's character suddenly goes missing. We both went and saw it on Thursday and we loved it. It was so weird. It's originally a book. I never read the book. Um, But it's like Gone Girl vibes with like humor. Um, And I totally recommend you go see it. Would you recommend that as well? I mean, you can have your own recommendation, but. I mean, yeah, like. I didn't know anything about going to the movie, and then I saw, like, when the movie first started, I was like, oh, this is going to be boring as hell. And then as it was going on, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, damn is right. <laughs> so what is your suggestion for the week, Alan? My suggestion for the week is Safari Land. Safari Land is a brand of cop gear that is awesome. So if you ever want to buy some good cop gear, or For even, all you cops out there. For all you cops out there, anyone thinking about doing corrections, or someone who just needs a... You know, a good handcuff case for those fuzzy handcuffs at home. Safari Land. That's your place. That is so weird that that's your suggestion. He's really going to help everyone out with this great suggestion for the week. So you're welcome, everyone. Uh, You cops out there. So one uh, update I would like to mention. In episode 13, we talked about the murder of Laura Whalen. And in case you missed that episode, basically it was believed that her boyfriend, Tyler Tessier, was responsible for her murder. He was arrested for the crime and was awaiting trial. He actually committed suicide last week while he was in jail. So he didn't actually leave a confession or a note or anything. So I guess it's really the completion of that case. I feel really bad for the victim's family for never really getting the justice or closure that they deserve. So that's sad, but it's kind of similar to how this case ends. So just like our last episode which was two weeks ago sorry we missed last week we were both in our friends our good friend's wedding so we were celebrating love and didn't want to do a crime podcast that week but just like the episode we had two weeks ago we are still going to be promoting the fundraiser that laney from true crime fan club is putting on for the family of a missing woman the missing woman is named tiffany johnson johnson went missing on october 10th 2016 in eulis texas johnson's family is attempting to raise 2500 dollars by october the first of this year in order to get billboards put up by the two-year anniversary of the date that she went missing, so October 10th, 2018. And as of the day we are recording, only $810 has been raised. So if you donate $30 and send a screenshot along with your name and address to tcfcpod at gmail.com, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a merch bag from a ton of your favorite podcasts. Uh, And that merch bag is going to be worth way more than $30. So, And if you donate $5, including if you do the $30, and you send us a screenshot with your name and address, we will send you a button with our logo on it um, whenever they come in the mail. And I'm sure the family would appreciate any amount of money, but in order to be entered into the main contest, you need to donate 30 or more. Check on any of Lainey's social media for the details on how to enter, but I'm pretty sure you can just send a screenshot uh, to her email. And I'll have the GoFundMe linked in the description down below, so make sure you check that out before October the 1st to be entered into that contest. And it's gonna be on all of our social media as well. So thank you so much for every donation and everything like that. All right, let's jump into this case. I found this case on one of those 24 cases you've never heard about articles. So this week we are traveling north to the state of Michigan. 
more specifically Good Heart, Michigan. So in case you're not from America, Michigan is at the very top of the country, top center, and it's the one that's shaped like a glove. Um, and it has the Great Lakes that border it. So it borders Canada with the lakes. So the city of Great Good Heart is actually at the top of the glove in the kind of like northwest. Wait, never eat soggy. Yeah, northwest region. <laughs> Sorry. So it's a tiny town and it has a lot of lake houses in the area. So maybe not a lot of people actually live there. But like during the summer, a lot of people stay at their summer cottages. And the family we are going to be talking about today is the Robinson family. I may or may not say Robinson quite frequently, so please forgive me if I do. So the Robinson family is comprised of Richard, age 42, who's a publishing and advertising executive. Shirley, age 40, a stay-at-home mom. Richie, age 19, who attends Eastern Michigan University. Gary, age 17. Randy, age 12. And Susan, age 8. Richard and Shirley were, are at this point in the story, one month shy of their 20-year wedding anniversary. So earlier I said this takes place in Good Heart, but the family actually resided in Lathrop Village, which is a suburb north of Detroit. Family owned the lake house on Good Heart, and they were on their family vacation. So this story takes place in the summer of 1968. The family told everyone that they planned on leaving for three weeks. They were going to stay at the cabin, and then they were going to head to Florida for a little while. Obviously, this was 1968, so there weren't cell phones or internet or anything. So obviously, if you tell someone you're going to be gone for three weeks, they're not going to, like, check up on you because how can they? So the last person to see anyone in the family alive was Chauncey Bliss. Bliss was the caretaker for the cabins and actually built them all. Bliss had seen Richard Robison on the 24th of June when Richard had stopped over to express his condolences for the loss of his son in a motorcycle accident. Robinson also indicated to Bliss that the family was going to leave for a trip to Tennessee and Florida to purchase some property and would not be back until July. The bodies weren't discovered until July 22nd when some women in a nearby cottage were having a bridge party and they could smell the remains of the family. The woman called the caretaker Chauncey Bliss. Bliss smelled it immediately and thought maybe the odor was a dead raccoon. He opened the door and saw a woman sprawled out in the hallway. This woman was 40-year-old Shirley Robinson. He immediately noticed other bodies in the hallway and ran back to his house to call the police. Police arrived on scene and made note of six bodies in the house, accounting for every member of the Robinson, fam Robinson family. Richard and his six-year-old daughter Susan had been bludgeoned with a hammer as well as shot with a pistol. Shirley and her three sons had been shot but had not been hit with a hammer. I kind of like, that's kind of a weird thing that the six-year-old was, he, like, I understand like the, the adult male because maybe he was the reason for all of this. But the six-year-old is kind of bizarre. Yeah, it's weird that there's some like overkill elements to two of them but not the others. And then Shirley's body was posed in a suggestive way, but her body didn't indicate any kind of sexual trauma. The police would later say that they believed it was posed this way to kind of throw them off. Like, maybe it was a sexually motivated crime, but they didn't. They were like, no, just kidding. Hmm. Um, and I'm going to post a photo of the layout of the cabin as well as where the bodies were located on our social media. It's not an actual crime scene photo. Don't worry. It's just a black and white drawing. That way you can kind of picture it. So not only was Shirley posed in a suggestive manner, her body was also covered with a blanket, kind of indicating usually when someone's covered with a blanket, it usually indicates remorse. And Bliss said he originally opened the door, but I mean, Bliss said before he had opened the door, it had been locked, the curtains were drawn, and the side door was also locked and padlocked. 
There were bullet holes in one of the windows. Uh, there was also a suitcase that was partially packed and a deck of cards left out on the table, indicating the killer or killers had interrupted the family on family, like, while they were playing a card game. Due to the decomposition of the bodies, investigators estimated their time of death was around June 25th, 1968, around the early evening. So they had been there for nearly one month. Early evidence indicated the family had been shot to death with two different guns, which could indicate two different killers, but police only found one set of bloody footprints. The family was buried July 27, 1968, and an article that came out on August 12th indicated police believe the killer knew the family. Police started investigating possible leads and came to the conclusion that 30-year-old Joseph Scalaro III was something somehow involved. While Richard was on vacation, he had left Scalaro in charge of his business dealings. Records indicate there had been a phone call between Richard and Scalaro earlier in the day on June 25th, and police believe that Richard told Scalaro he knew about his embezzlement. Apparently, Scalaro had embezzled approximately $60,000 from Richard, and evidence uh, also agreed with police. Scalaro's wife stated that on the day that the family was murdered, Scalaro missed coming home for dinner for the first time in their six-year marriage. He had not been seen for 12 hours on the day of the murders, which gave him plenty of time to drive the four hours to the cabin, commit the murder, and then drive the four hours back. The weapons used were also tied to Scalaro, but he claimed that he had gifted one of the guns to Robinson before the murder and claimed he gave the other one away to a different friend. None of the murder weapons were ever located, including the hammer. Another point tying Scalaro to the murders was the fact that the cabin wasn't exactly located in an easy-to-find area. It was off the beaten path, but Scalaro had actually been there before, so that kind of tied him more so. In one article I read said that he had taken out a $200,000 life insurance policy on Robinson, but it actually had not gone into effect at the time of the murder because it required Robison to have a physical done, which he apparently never did. Police administered three polygraph tests. Two found that he was lying and one was inconclusive. Due to the lack of evidence, Scalaro was never actually indicted for the crimes. Um, the county was really tiny and they didn't have the money to risk someone uh, trying someone for six murders and losing the case. They also didn't want to pay for the autopsies, which is obnoxious. But it was the 60s, so whatever. Different time. Um, keep in mind that this is also the seven, like early 70s, so they hadn't come that far in like you know DNA and forensic evidence and all that. So it wasn't as easy unless you had a wep- like a weapon or a witness or anything like that. Um, apparently in 1973, the county in which Scalaro was from was going to indict him on conspiracy to commit murder because they thought he planned it in their county, so he was going to get charged with something. And they told him before they were about to do it. And Scalaro committed suicide on March 8th, 1973. He left a suicide note to police listing all the people he stole money from. He also left a note to his mother that said, I am a liar, a cheat, a phony, but I am not a killer. I am scared and sick. With the death of Scalaro, the police couldn't ever officially close the case. The 50th anniversary of the murders was over the summer, and investigators and citizens discussed the case at a local library, and the consensus was that Scalaro was responsible for the murders. But obviously the police can't close the case because he's not alive anymore. So, do you agree that Scalaro was responsible? Do you think there was a second person? Do you think he's not even related whatsoever? 
I mean, the guns, that was kind of the biggest thing. I mean, he's the only person of interest, obviously. Well, there was a thing that the 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 groundskeeper may have been responsible because he was the last person to see... Uh, what was the groundskeeper's name? Was that the Bliss. Bliss guy? Well, he was the last person to see Richard alive and the one to discover the bodies, but he didn't discover the bodies. The neighbors called him and said, I smell something, go get it. Also, the reason was because... His son had died in a motorcycle accident. His son was friends with the with the family, and like maybe he was upset about the fact that his son died. And they, li- I don't, it was bullshit. Like I, I don't know. It's kind of far fetched. I mean, it's not impossible to be, but it's kind of weird. I don't know. The Scalaro seems to have a lot against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously he has the uh, embezzlement, which is a big factor. You know, for all we know, uh, what's his name, Robinson? Robinson. Robinson could have been like, hey, I know about this. I'm about to file charges against you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck, got to get out of it. What's a good way to get out of it? Kill him. But I can't just kill him because if I kill him, then maybe you tell his family or something. And then boom, there we go. So they kill them all. The thing that's weird to me, though, it's really weird to me, is the fact that uh, he killed the daughter and him. With the hammer. With a hammer. And the only possible way I can see that, like, actually having some more more of a direct reason why would be, like... To control everyone else? That's a good answer. Shit, that's a real good answer. I was thinking more along the lines, like, he had the gun, but, like, maybe the father had attacked him too quick. Well, what they think happened was he shot with a long-range rifle through the window and struck Richard first before he even made entry into the cabin. But there's still, like, two grown, like, nearly grown adult sons. So I think maybe he, Richard was almost already dead, but wasn't dead yet. So he beat, he hit him with a hammer. And then he grabbed the daughter and said, okay, y'all, chill out, or I'm gonna kill her. And then he, like, hit her with a hammer to kind of, like, show that he could control them and then didn't realize. And at that point, he was already you know, committed to that, so he just killed everyone else. Did you come up with a theory by yourself? Or was that, like, something you read? No, I came up with that theory, but the shooting into, that was that was the police. They they believe the... Well, did the, they find two different types of casings? Yes. There was a lot of gun stuff in the Wikipedia article, but, like, I just can't... I know you hate guns. It was so boring, I was like, I don't care. But, I mean, but... There was, some... like, four guns, or there was two guns, or there was six guns. Way, there, was there was a, a lot of guns. There was a pistol and a rifle, correct? Yes. Okay. At least. <laughs> so then it would make... It was a Beretta. It, w- it would make sense that he would try to take out some of them from a distance. Because it's six on one. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you neutralize the threats, and then you go in and you can finish it off. But maybe he's a... Maybe he wasn't that great of a shot. You know, he shot a few times, people got around, he's like, fuck, can't use the rifle no more, ditched the rifle, went inside... Maybe when he made entrance, like, he was beating the dad. By the way, that's a good theory. You have to like it. Maybe he was, like, beating the dad, and then the daughter, like, ran up, and he just immediately was like, bam. It was like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. And then maybe Mercy shot her. Yeah. You know? That, that kind of makes sense. It's just weird that the daughter, the youngest person, the least threatening person is the one that got also beat with a hammer. Because I know, like, if you're targeting, like, the dad is obviously your main target. But he just seemed to be, I don't know, he's the best option. There's also an option or um, a theory that a serial killer was had something to do with it and that he roomed with the oldest son 
during a he was like a co-ed killer though he roomed with the oldest son during a like i don't know what the week would be called you know the week where you go before you go to school Uh, like orientation yeah orientation week that's exactly what they said um and that maybe that's related to it but if you're a co-ed killer you're not gonna attack you're not gonna go from like one twenty something girl to like a family of six with three grown men. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. And cause... then stage the mom, not even like attack her in a sexual manner, even though you're like that's her thing. Yeah, because there should have been some sexual assault. Plus, yeah, it's exactly like you said. A co-ed killer strikes probably one person when they get the chance, out of earshot, easy target. Mm-hmm. To attack a family of six head on with three adult males and one adult female. Is pretty fucking ballsy. Mm-hmm. Like all in all, all in all, it sounds like he was. Maybe he just uh, intended to kill the dad. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, maybe he just intended to kill the dad, and then shit went haywire, and he got the bloodlust. Maybe he just didn't have a plan because, like, apparently they had this conversation hours before the murders. Like, I don't know how. Oh, you... the the conversation about embezzlement. Yeah. Oh, he did it then. There's no way. There's well, no like, way he didn't do it. I, you just, like, it happened at, like, well, I don't know when the conversation happened, but he was unaccounted for from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Like, he was just not. Yeah, his wife dimed him out, too. His wife well, was his like, wife was like, That's crazy. He never, he either calls and misses dinner or, like, doesn't miss dinner, but he didn't even call her, which was stupid. That's on you, bro. I don't know. That's a really interesting case, though. Yeah. A I mass think, murder of a family like that? Like, a whole mass. Because it was, uh, one of the articles said it was the biggest mass murder in Michigan history. And I was like, um, that's not true. Because I know about a mass murder that happened in the 20s where they blew up a school. Did you ever hear about that? It's called, it's like one of the first school-related murders. A guy blew up a school with like a bunch of kindergartners in it. It was like 38 kids died. It was in Bath or something like that. Maybe. All that flashed in my head was the part from It where they talk about the factory explosion and the children. Okay, but that's not real. <laughs> I know it's not real, but that's what popped in my head. But I honestly don't know. But yeah, dude, that's a that's a really interesting case. It's unfortunate that he committed suicide and there's absolutely no closure. I know, and he left a note. He used the word phony. I was like, ugh! It's from that stupid book that makes me hate... Catcher in the Rye. Oh, I hate that book. Yeah, maybe he's a reader of it, you know? Just, just it's, like it's uh, he... John... What's John... his name? John Chapman? John... Uh, no, 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 no. His name's not John. Uh, Mark Chapman. Mark David Chapman. Isn't it Mark David Chapman? Oh, I was thinking more of, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, you said Lee Harvey Oswald. That's who killed freaking Lincoln. Mark David Chapman killed John Lennon. Wait. No, and Lee Harvey Oswald, didn't he? He killed JFK, dumbass. Yeah, either way, he didn't kill John Lennon. The one that, the one that read Catcher on the Rye was the one that killed John Lennon. I couldn't remember if it was John Lennon or JFK. Either way, they killed somebody. Yeah, but JFK was never confirmed. Or kind of. Was it confirmed? It wasn't confirmed. Well, I mean, he's on his island in Cuba right now. That's like some fake, that's some like... With Tupac. Weird shit right there. John Lennon, like, you know who did it, and like, he's still in prison. You're a phony. Big Ugh, fat phony. I hate that here. book. So maybe because I read it in high school, but like, oh, the word phony makes me want to punch someone. My maybe. friend in uh, it was like junior year in English. We got to pick like one of six books. It was like In Cold Blood, The Things They Carried. Read that. And then Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye, and then three other books. And I really wanted to read In Cold Blood because I was like, oh, it's true crime, which I didn't read true crime at the time. 
I was like, oh, that'd be cool. He was like, no, read this one with me and we can like, you know, study together. And I was like, I hate my life. This book makes me so mad. I mean, all it made me want to do is assassinate somebody. Exactly. It, it's weird. It's exa- you're, he, he was right. They just kept saying phony and I was like, phony. I'm a phony. Must assassinate. Maybe I didn't think too deeply. I'm not really like into literature. I mean, it was a uh, catcher in the rye is catcher in the rye. That's about the best way to describe it. Ugh, hated it. It's like reading fucking Gatsby. I loved Gatsby, though. Did you? Because it was just, it was a good book, but the writing was weird as fuck. I loved Gatsby. I was like, yes, he's so he loves her so much. But also it was high school, so don't judge me for my horrible opinions on stuff. Because I, what, I don't know. The Scarlet Letter. Oh, I love The Scarlet Letter. That was good. Read Jane Eyre. Didn't read Jane Eyre. Oh, I really love the Scarlet Letter. Though. I have it you in have, our yeah, library. Yeah, you have a tattered copy of Jane Eyre. Like, you read it a hundred times. I've read it quite a few times. I love some... A lot of the books that we were forced to read that I was like, oh, I don't want to read this. Awesome. Great books. Love them, and I own them. Except for one, and it's a Dickens book, and if I were to... Rem- oh, my God. Ew, I know what you're talking about. Miss Havisham? No. Which book was that? Uh, no, fuck. What's the name of the book? Animal Farm? That's not Dickens. No, it's not. Animal Farm was good. Look up Dickens' books. I'll, as soon as I see it, it's going to bring back horrid memories. Great, Great expectations. expectations! That was Miss Havisham. Wasn't yeah, it? I guess, dude. Okay. Yes, Go. that was Miss Havisham. Havisham? Was her name not Havisham? Was that the, uh, the random Where that caretaker? kid gets like adopted yes, or whatever? Yes. Hated that. Fucking awful book, okay? Dickens wrote so many good books, except Pip. for that one. It was Miss Havisham! Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, good thing. I remember fucking Pip, because Pip fucking sucked, and it was a terrible book. I had to read it you for- You had to read that, like, freshman year, right? Yeah, for AP English. Oh. Or, or I was in AP, AP English. Your girl was in regular. <laughs> which is fun, kind of funny, because my grammar sucks. It does. But my reports are badass. Yay. Woo. Thanks, AP English. Thanks, AP English. You couldn't for... take AP English freshman year. No, I- Yeah, we could. No, you couldn't. You didn't go to HISD, dude. It's a Texas thing, dude. Bullshit. Maybe it's pre-AP English. Could have been pre-AP. I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking junior year, bro. Okay, then fuck it. Pre-AP English. Still a little bit advanced. Guess what? Terrible book. I remember reading it, and he's talking about, oh, I get beat, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't care. Wow, so that was our literature corner. Don't know why we went on that long about that. Dante's Inferno is fantastic. I've never read it. Read The Divine Trinity, which is all three of them. Fantastic. You can read Anthem, and then I'll read that. Okay, is Anthem the little 60-page thing? Yeah. Done, because three books are very long. Okay, you can read... What's the other one? The... Fuck, what's Inferno, Paradiso, and... uh... Ah, fuck. Blanking. The other one. Atlas Shrugged. Heaven, Hell, and... um. The Fountainhead. That book is big as hell. The who? The Fountainhead. It's like this big. My dad's like all into that. He's like, everyone should read it. Is it like philosophy? Oh, yeah. Nope. Well, Anthem is too. It's really good. Yeah, but it's I... about like the, the government being like in your shit. It's really good. Well, Big Brother's here at all times. We That's like what Big it's Brother. about. Big Brother supports us. That's creepy. <laughs> So, thanks for listening. Um, I'm really trying to get longer episodes, but everything that I, like, research is one event. So, please, hit me up with some more detailed things I can research, because... Ooh, like that 
guy who did the second worst murder that we've done, where he killed the lady at her mother's gravesite. Are you talking about Derek Todd Lee? Derek Todd Lee. Yeah, that was a two-parter. That was a long time ago. That was like episode five and six. It was a fantastic episode, too. So I'm trying to do more long episodes because the last three have been really short, which is nice when I have shit to do, but when I don't have shit to do, like, I want to do very big things, but then I get bored when I'm, like, Googling trying to find stuff because I'm just like, oh, I don't have anything to do. So hit me up with some good ideas for podcasts or episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Also, make sure you follow us on our social media accounts. They'll be listed down below. And please suggest a case for us. And if you do, email us at justanothertruecrimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you've got any spare dollars to donate, go donate to the GoFundMe listed below. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.